Hey there. If you like this podcast, you are going to love my new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Reclaim Your Sovereignty. In Needy, I share my unique approach to identifying, honoring, and advocating for the most tender and true parts of yourself that are yearning to be acknowledged. It is an invitation to embody self-acceptance, which leads to meaningful growth in self-responsibility, self-care, self-trust, and self-love. All of the themes that we talk about all of the time on this podcast. Woven with threads of timeless wisdom, honest assessments of our needs, and heartfelt personal stories of transformation from yours truly and others, Needy illustrates a profound vision for what is possible when you listen to the stirrings of your heart and reclaim your undisputed sovereignty in your life. Now, you can get Needy wherever books are sold, but if you are a podcast super fan, you might appreciate the audiobook, which I do narrate, which you can find on Audible. Now on to today's show. there, it's your host Mara Glatzel and you are listening to The Needy Podcast. Here at Needy, we are devoted to sharing frank conversations and true stories about what it means to meet your needs consistently, messily, and sustainably. To get more information about today's episode, please visit theneedypodcast.com. Now, on to today's show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Needy Podcast. I am thrilled to be joined today by Tanja Morton. For the past 25 years, Tanja has been an educator. She is a Milken Award-winning National Board Certified Teacher, Life Coach, Author, and Advocate for School Staff Self-Care and Overall Well-Being. Tanja's superpower is holding safe spaces for those who are ready to explore and express what they want their lives to look and feel like. She believes in giving yourself permission to live that life without apologizing or attempting to explain it. Tanja's in love with sunsets, rich conversations, a great cup of coffee, the solitude of her home, moments near the ocean, and all things joy. She is also in love with Johnny, her best friend and husband, Sinead and Hannah, her beautiful teenage daughters, and L.A., their playful Rottweiler puppy. Welcome, Tanja. I'm so glad that you're here. I just want you to know it's a privilege. It's my pleasure to be here with you in this space. I share with you, and I don't mind sharing with the listeners, like you're like a self-care celebrity. <laughs> you know, I think I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share this space and this time, you know, with you talking about something that you and I are both passionate about, which is self-care. Absolutely. And I will link our last interview when I was on your podcast in the show notes. For anybody who wants to listen to that, that was also a great conversation. And I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do, but most importantly, why you do what you do? Yeah, so I am a life coach for educators. That's what I usually say when someone asks. But deeper than that, I am a self-care and well-being coach. I attract 
schools and districts that are really serious, not just kind of dating the idea, but they're really like, it's a priority that self-care is modeled among the teachers and the administrators and part of their culture. It's not something that is sent with the teachers on the weekend or on a vacation, spring break or, you know, Thanksgiving or the holiday. It's not an isolated thought. Like self-care, the the people I serve, self-care is a daily doing. It's a daily conversation. It's a priority, a daily priority. So I go in and do training with school staffs to make sure that self-care and their staff well-being is prioritized on a daily basis. And so, yeah, and so that's what I do. I do those trainings, full staff, and then also have office hours where teachers come to get one-on-one. So if they're ready to start a vision board or, you know, they want to do something based on the training on what they heard, the content, and they need one-on-one support to get started, I'm also available for that. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, you know, was so inspired. I come from a family of teachers. And when we were talking the last time, I was so inspired and so excited to have you here on Needy, especially, you know, with everything that educators have been enduring and making happen over the course of the last year with the pandemic. It it feels like this conversation was really important before and very, very, very important now. So Thank you for for being here. And I'm curious for you, what is, you said self-care is a daily doing. What does it look like for you to meet your needs on a daily basis? Yeah, so at the beginning of each year, and I've been doing this for about five years, really consistently, like being real intentional about it. So for about five years, I've been choosing a word. I've had a vision board since like 2008. So always done vision boards but five years ago I decided you know okay I need a word for the year like I need a word that I can stay close to I need a word that I can play with be very creative about how I show up and model this word in my own life like you know with how I use my time attention and energy like where I place that what is this word looking like? What does it look like, this word to show up in how I spend my time and what I give my attention to, where I place my energy? So I have a word for the year. And then I also have ways I want to be that support that word. So every day I wake up, nourish is my word for this year. So automatically now, you know, 100 plus days into the year, nourish I think about that all day every day but you know in the beginning it was like waking up what's the word nourish okay what does nourishing myself look like today and then with my ways of being this year I started putting those into like quarters my word for the year is nourish my four ways of being are to be explicit be well be fly and be lit and fly is an acronym for fully loving you And LIT is an acronym for listen, inward, and tend. And so as I'm nourishing myself, I'm also looking for ways that I can be very explicit, like 
what can I do to really show up for myself today and say, you know what, this really matters to me in my life and my own well-being and my own self-care and how I meet my own needs. What does it mean to be fly today? Like fully loving me, fully loving you, Tanja. Like what does that really look like? What does a woman who loves herself do for herself today? And then I proceed to take it. The answers are different every day. So I really, to keep self-care as a priority and not an isolated event or daily priority, I stay close to my word for the year, which this year is nourished. And I stay close to my ways I want to be. And then out of that comes the need. And and my life speaks to me. It'll say, okay, this is what nourishment looks like today. This is what fully loving you looks like today. This is what listening inward and tending looks like today. This is what being explicit looks like today. This is what being well looks like. And I also have a joy list. It's one of the first things I get teachers to create when I step into the space. Like you need to know what brings you joy because this whole, if you like can't remember the last time you really paid attention to yourself, you're going from that point, you're going from that place to, okay, now we have this life coach coming in saying you need to give yourself attention daily. Like you may make that too huge or too big. And and I'm letting you know, it's okay to start off with something small. So I want you to like have a list of those things that really bring you joy and try to choose things that really don't cost you a lot of money. They just cost you your time, your attention and your energy and stay close to that because you're going to get a little irritated. You're going to be inconvenienced. And this is an interruption. You know, if you've spent a whole lifetime thinking that self-care was selfish and now you have someone coming in teaching that, oh no, this is pretty cool. Like it, it, it really, <laughs> you take care of yourself, it creates space for you to be not just a better mom, wife, a better you. And then when you're a better you, you're a better everything else. So I encourage the word of the year, the ways of being and the joy list. So that's what I practice on a daily basis to keep myself connected to my own needs. Yes. And thank you so much. I love totally how you describe that. And I'm curious, particularly about the joy list, because I don't know if you have this experience, but sometimes when I start to talk to people about bringing those little joys in, and it's been a long time since they've been taken care of or taking care of themselves. It's been a long time since they've done something that they've enjoyed. Sometimes people will say to me that they're like, they're too afraid to try something new because it might be disappointing. Mm. You know, like the potential for disappointment can be such an obstacle. And I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. If that's something you've ever experienced yourself, like, what do you tell yourself so that, I don't know, you feel more free to try things and, and figure out what does bring you joy, mm-hmm. even knowing if maybe you're going to try some things and be like, well, that's not it. Uh, and maybe it'll be disappointing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and always I like to build up, I think the best way to build up confidence in that is like really start with things that you don't have to go, like for me, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to try to discover the new things yet. I'm just going to try to do more of 
the things that naturally bring me joy, I just haven't been intentional about carving out the time to do it. It's not that I don't know what it is and it's not that it doesn't bring me joy. I just put everything else in front of me and I don't get it done. So I just started with, you know, like romantic comedies. It's okay to watch a romance. You're like, you don't <laughs> come, you know, I have to tell myself, just because you have a husband and just because you have two children and just because you're a coach and just because you're doing all this stuff, it doesn't mean that you don't have to feel guilty that like if you truly have space in your schedule that you can watch Love Guaranteed at two o'clock p.m., that's okay. really like, and I can watch Love Guaranteed. Like I know I've watched that movie 20 times. And every time, and it's one particular scene that I just rewind, rewind. Because <laughs> I love the music, the, the lyrics and the song that's playing in the background. So I'm like, I'm not going to feel guilty because I'm not folding the clothes. I'm not doing laundry. And like I chose to watch a romantic comedy instead of doing laundry. So I started with things that I know that bring me joy and I started practicing choosing me. And and that's the big thing. I tell people like when I go to my, I have a 5.30 a.m. strength training class that happens on Wednesday and Friday. And I had to really find the exercises that that's my vibe. Like at 52, this is what I want to do. Like I'm not abusing my body. Like I'm not doing something because I know it's going to burn calories. I know it's going to do, no, no more, no more of that. I'm going to do something that my body really enjoys and that it does like keep me, you know, help me to stay fit, but it's more of a emotional, mental and psychological investment. So I go to this strength training class and the commute is about 20 minutes. And so when people say, Ooh, I can't get up that early, like to leave at five, to be at the class at five 30, you know? So it's a time investment to me that's worth it. So 20, 30 minutes to the commute, our class, 20, 30 minutes back home. So I just spent two hours on myself. But for me, Mar, it's like the more I do for myself, the more I consider Tanja, the better I feel. I'm like, I'm ready to do that again. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to consider me again. And so even when I don't have two hours to give to something, like I don't have two hours to, you know, give to a commute that I, I, you know, before the, we started recording, I told you I'm a big thrifter. So Dirt Cheap is one of my favorite thrift places. And Dirt Cheap happens to be right around the corner from where I live. So I might say, oh, I'm just going to take 20 minutes to run to Dirt Cheap and not looking for anything, but I'm going to consider me because I've been working on this program or at this computer or, you know, I just need a mental break. So I start with things that I know, dirt cheap, romantic comedies, listening to my favorite R&B artists, things that I know bring me joy and that I won't be disappointed. Because like last year, I had 10 things on my joy list. So my goal this year was to double that list. So by February, I already had 10 new things. The 10 old things so well I was excited about, well, what else do I like to do? (laughs) You know, what else makes me happy? And then the thing is, in these spaces with teachers, because we love to talk and we love to share and we love to steal each other's ideas. Like we always say, borrowing, like we're going to borrow this. But, you know, teachers, we love to. And they they was like, okay, I do this. And somebody will say, you know what? I like never thought, you know. I like to take drives in rural areas and just, you know, be alone in nature. Like, I like to ride 
past the ocean. I, and I never, it really does bring me joy because psychologically, emotionally, uh, mentally, it's an investment and it fills my cup. And I never thought about it like that. I just got to take the time to do it. So I always start with things that I know that bring me joy. I just hadn't been intentional about doing it. And then once I build up my confidence, then I start exploring new things. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a great answer and so much great permission in there, especially for those romantic comedy watchers amongst us, myself very much included <laughs> um, in that. And what I love in the introduction to your podcast, one of the first things that you say is when we live well, we invest our energy in what strengthens us. And I, I love that concept of investing our energy in the things that strengthen us. And I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about that. Like, what has your journey been to living well? Mm. You know, I was starting over, you know, my, I was in the middle of a divorce, in the middle of relocating, you know, I was no longer working like with districts through other companies. Like I was at the beginning of everything, end of some things, beginning, and both of those feel the same. So I was at the end of a marriage, end of living in the place I've lived, had lived almost 20 years but the beginning of, you know, exploring, like having my own business and doing this, you know, solo. And so uh, I thought that was the best opportunity. You got this clean slate and you're 49, 48. What does it look like? Like, wh- what is the life that you really want to wake up to? Like, what does that look like? How does it look? How does it feel? And it was more so how it felt. And so I got really clear on what that was. Like I told you, I had no idea. Like you told me I was going to be working in Los Angeles. Like I didn't know that was a part. So I didn't know details, but I knew that I felt really free. I felt really alive. I felt, you know, I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to apologize for wanting this. It's okay to change my mind there was just this freedom, you know? And so I wanted, for me, living well meant looking at each area, what type of relationship, marriage, because, you know, getting a divorce didn't make me a bitter, like, woman. Like, I never said one time, oh, I don't ever want to get married again. No, I've always, I I knew this, that was what I wanted, because I wanted to do the work I do in the world. I don't care where I go, all over this planet, where, wherever, you know, God sends me, like, I don't care. But when I come back, I wanted to have this strength, you know, all of this that I pour out into the world, I wanted to come home to that in a partner. So I knew that it didn't make me not want to be married or anything, but what, what is the relationship I want to wake up to? What is the career I wanted to be in, like take up space in, like what do the friendships look like? What do they feel like? You know, relationship with my body, like what is the exercise? Like what does all that look like at your age, you know, in your 50s, as you approach your 50s, because at the time I was approaching my 50s. So I just went through each one and got really clear. Clarity is everything. So once I knew this is what I want, 
This is how I wanted to look. This is how I wanted to feel. I started making my decisions that way, like in that direction. So of course, that's going to be different for everybody. But that, you know, in general, like that's how I approached it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that, you know, so much of your work is holding that space for the fact that it does, you know, what living well means mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit different for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for, you know, all of the the teachers that you work with might have, you know, there might be some similarities, but there's going to be differences too, right? What goes on the joy list? What Mm-hmm. really nourishes them might might look different depending on who the person is yes. um, which is so important so you know you see so much of like do these five things just this mm-hmm. way which I don't think helps anybody <laughs> right you're so right because Mara you know even when I think about the exercise for me like I wanted to be around women who were my age and so for that camaraderie, like, okay, I'm around 50-something women, 50-ish, you know, and we all have the same course to be getting up at five o'clock in the morning to be here. Like, you know, we're like, and, and I like the more, I'm a morning person. So, you know, I wake up really early. So, you know, you just have to figure out what works for you. And like you said, living well, but I make sure that what I'm doing with my time, energy, and attention, it's close to my word for the year like I can see myself being nourished in that I can see myself being well I can see myself being lit I can see myself being explicit I can see myself being what was my last one being fly like this is fully loving me fully loving you when I do this and so what I do with my in my career in my marriage in my friendships as I take care of my physical health all of that. And that's what I love to me. Living well is like, it's like your core values. Like it's what drives my decisions. So that way it's never that I'm at a point. I don't know what to do. All I have to do is consult my core values, consult my word for the year, consult my ways of being. And it's going to be clear, like a clear yes and no, this is what helps me with boundaries. And that's why teachers are able to now even embrace boundaries not from a place of, I'm being rude, I'm being nasty, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm offending people, like, you know, because first when people think about boundaries, they think, oh God, you know, uh, 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 nobody's going to like me, you know, but when you get clear about what type of life you want to wake up to, how it looks and feel in every area, those are your boundaries, and the people who love you and even though it may be new, like, hmm, I haven't seen this side of Tanja, but I love, I want her in my life. So, you know, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, it's new, but I'm not going anywhere. You know, we're friends, we're married, we're, you know, I'm your sister, I'm your mom, you know. So they maybe have to make some adjustments emotionally and mentally, and, but I definitely don't have to get anybody's approval. And it's because at the end of the day, when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I have to look back on my day and say, Tanja, are you proud of yourself? Are you proud of what you did with your resources, like your time, your energy, and attention today? Are you proud? And so I'm the one who has to to face that answer. And so I want that answer to be yes more days than it's no. 
And so I have to, you know, stay true to who I am. I have to stay close to my authentic self. And that's why I think it's so important to have strategies like a word for the year, ways of being, boundaries, like all those things that help you do that. And that you're not just, you know, doing it off the cuff or just pulling stuff out the sky. Like, nope, I'm rooted and grounded in this. Oh, I'm just jumping out of my seat and clapping. I, yeah. Well, and one more thing that supports it, I think, which you already mentioned, is that like having a culture of care around you. Mm. And, you know, this is a piece of your work that I find so compelling because, you know, I hear from my clients all the time about, well, quite frankly, what a lack of a culture of support looks like and how it impacts them. So I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit, just about how that the consistency and the modeling and, you know, how impactful it is for organizations to have care be a part of the culture in that way. Mm-hmm. One of the things, the biggest thing, you know, my whole, you know, like if I had to say it was a motto or what matters or, you know, in the work I do, teacher keepers, is that teachers feel safe, seen, and supported. So the seen part is when I step, okay, we're bringing her in and not just for a one-time drive-by PD. She's here for six months, seven months, nine months, and available monthly through training, two weeks out of a month through, you know, one-on-one, you know, coaching. Okay, so I'm seeing, I, I, I see that you now consider my care a priority, not just something I need to figure out on my own, but it's important during the school day. That's why you brought this person in. So now you see me, the training started happening. I started signing up for the one-on-one. I feel supported. And because I share what I share, the intimate details of their life, like I have a teacher just Sunday, we coached and she had her 10-year vision together and she was so excited. Like she said, you know, I used to feel like I didn't know what to do, when to do, you know, she said, I have so much clarity. So now I'm safe because I'm sharing what's near and dear to my heart, my dreams, my goals. So I'm safe, I'm seen, I'm supported. That is the energy that they now bring into the staff meetings. So one of my principals said, you know, staff meetings on a Friday, go figure. (laughs) The last day of the week, like nobody has energy. So when she said, I'm bringing you in on Fridays, I'm like, you know, but it was cool because the thing she said, they've never smiled as much on Friday because they would like looking all grumpy and upset. She said, (laughs) you know, during the, actual you know the trainings but knowing that okay but after this I'm free for the weekend but actually looking forward to coming to this space which makes the other meetings better because they know that one meeting a month is not about what the district needs it's not about what the school needs it's not about what the parents need it's not about what the kids need it's about what I need and so now they're like, okay, I, I can I can roll with this. I can I can deal with the other stuff because I know that I'm important too. 
just like all these other things I'm, that's being thrown at me because of my job as a, a teacher, as an educator, but I matter too. And this is what you're saying to me. So when you put that type of energy out, that's the energy now you have in your school. The reports that I've been getting is like they're kinder to each other, each other colleagues. Like the vibe in the meetings is much lighter and calmer. And then they're actually sharing, like they're getting to know each other. Like, oh, because one lady, she was like, you know, until you've had us to make this joy list, I didn't even realize that just plugging up my stereo on my cardboard, she was just saying, you know, because they couldn't go, you know, due to the pandemic, wasn't a lot of going and doing or whatever. And she said, I would plug it up and I would just listen to my favorite music and I would just dance. And she said, before I know it, like 30 minutes has passed and I've been out there dancing, you know. And I said, so what's your favorite music? She's like, oh, Beyonce, Bruno Mars. And so the whole staff, you know, just burst into laugh, you know. And it was like, yeah, I like to listen to Beyonce too. I like to, you know, that brings me joy. So now we're so, we're calmer, we're friendlier, we're, you know, we're lighter, you know, we feel refreshed. I did a training the other week that the title of it was Nothing Runs on Empty. And so I had this series of like self-reflection, like exploratory questions for them to answer. And they each went into breakout rooms. So it's not just me talking. I'll give them time to talk to each other because they need that. Like, and one teacher said, you know, I'm realizing it's not that I didn't like this person or that person, like a staff member. Cause sometimes you think, well, they're not really friendly. Like they must don't like me. Or she said, we haven't been given the opportunity to get to know each other. So it's mm-hmm. like this person. I don't know this person. And so I, I, we come to the same school every single day, but I don't know them. I just know they teach math or they teach. She said, but these, these spaces, now I know you like Beyonce, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now I know you actually raise butterflies in your backyard. And now I know that, you know, you like fresh flowers. Oh, and now I know that you've been sad because you lost your dad, you lost your mom in November when school first started. And so now that I know you, I'm getting to know you, I can practice more compassion towards you. So this whole conversation of self-care it, it is totally transforming the energy in the school. Yeah. What I love about that is, you know, I always say around here that permission loves company yes. and that piece, it's like, it is really, you know, transformative when we acknowledge the humanity in ourselves, we acknowledge the humanity in one another. There's something on your site that I love so much where you say there's nothing to force, there's nothing to fear, and there's nothing to fake, which like I could just weep. (sighs) That's like what total freedom feels like to me, I think. And (sighs) how that, that really has so much to do with that culture of safety, like believing that we can be who and how we are. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And that's that goes back to what you asked me in the very beginning. It's like, you know, on my site when I said I didn't feel that I had to force, fake, fear anything. Like when you were asking me about my birthday, how it went. For so many years, Mar, I felt like a phony. I felt like a phony because 
you know, yes, I was a great mom, a great teacher, a great wife. I took care of my house. I worked in the church and in the community, but I felt like a phony. And that's because I left me out. The me that this is who I am, not because of my roles and responsibilities. Like this is who I am. I, I get to explore and express who I am. I don't have to apologize. I don't have to explain it. Like that level of freedom is what I felt like my birthday weekend. And I've been feeling it all along, but you know, by me not being at home and just being with my husband, who's also my best friend, I was able to just sit in that space for three days. It just felt so wonderful. I'm like, you know, I love butterflies. They are my absolute favorite. And that's one of the things that brings me joy, chasing butterflies. So I'm so glad that we're going into the spring and the summer and they're coming back. And actually Lowe's is giving away butterfly gardens April 29th. So I'll be there to start like <laughs> on my own butterflies. But, you know, the thing I love, I love each stage. I love the caterpillar. I love what I've learned about what goes on in that stage. I, I love what I've learned about the cocoon. Very difficult part. You're not a caterpillar anymore, but you're not the butterfly either. Whew. So actually, I love what goes on in that stage. But in the butterfly, but not just because it's the, oh, I'm here, I'm soaring, I'm beautiful. Not because of that. I, the, the thing I love most about that stage is that their number one priority in being a butterfly is to reproduce immediately once that blood pumps to the end of their wings and they get you know learn how to flit and flutter and they take off they're looking for opportunities to reproduce they're looking for opportunities to create more butterflies and so that is why I do what I do I want to create more people you know go out here and pour out what I have so that more people are inclined to excited about motivated to, inspired to become a butterfly themselves in that area of self-care. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for, you know, within professions like the teaching profession, but also things like nursing or mental health, you know, where you're doing really important and often challenging work where a lot of times what you're attending to, it's like there's more work maybe than there's funding, where you feel like this heavy sense of, I have to put everybody else first. There's this really urgent need. Besides being an example, which I believe you do very well, how do you get people to understand that their own care, their own joy is, like just as important, if not more important than the work that they're doing? Mm. I think on that response would be, you know, what I've heard mostly, Mara, is that Tanja, I didn't know this was missing until you exposed me to it. Like, Mm. because first of all, it's their understanding of self-care. Like, and, you know, like people say, I don't, I don't really like pedicures. Like, I don't really want people messing with my feet. <laughs> like, you know, just, you know, just thinking if you think self-care is just pedicures and massages, like, hmm, you know, if I'm going to spend money, I'd rather do, you know, because if that's what you think it is. But the approach that I have, you know, 
Like when I hear people say, I just want to be more relaxed. I'm so tired of just letting myself down. Like I'm so tired of not being proud of myself. So I, what I say is the type of self-care I teach is where you're going to be really proud of yourself. And not because of your roles and responsibilities, you're actually going to be waking up to a life that fits you, that favors you, that's fun. Like it's, it's like it's it's authentically like you, you know, that just constant stress and you know, and not just because of the job. It's just like even when the job is over, the stress of like not really knowing what makes me happy, not really knowing what brings me joy, not really seeing like who is the Tanja I'm becoming. You know, I always say that. I'm like, what is it that you want to do? So whether it's to purchase a new home or start a business or write a book or whatever it is, you know, if you don't lose weight, like get in shape, whatever it is, who is the person on the inside? Like, who are you really? Who is that person who's enjoying the published book, the new home, the new body? Like, who are you on the inside? And so the thing is that what self-care does is you don't take those saying, the Tanja I'm becoming, the things I want to do, like the physical things that external, and this is what I try to get them to see. Like, I don't take the concerns I have today. Like, I'm not going to be that Tanja. I, I didn't want to be the Tanja in the new job, in the new house, in the new this, but still emotionally miserable, mentally drained, still, even with, because that's why people continue to chase things whether it's degrees or bigger houses or better cars or more money or whatever it is. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying that anything is wrong with any of that. But when you get there, you're in the same state emotionally and mentally as you were in the old place. And, you know, I, I even share with them that one time I asked a fourth grader. I said, which one of your teachers are happy? She had six. So she was a Hispanic girl and she, you know, asked me, she said, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. You know, I said, you know, which one of your teachers are like, they come, you know, they relax, they're joyful. Like how many? I didn't say which, I didn't want names. How many out of six? She said, oh, oh, oh I got it, two. <laughs> and I didn't ask her any questions, but she knew. And I started to do research and all children want from kindergarten to high school is a happy teacher. They mm-hmm. wants to be there. That's all they want. They don't care about your degrees. They don't care how long you've been teaching. You know, you just want to share that space. You make them feel like you want to be there with them. And whether you, you know, it's not like you write on the dry erase board. Oh, I don't want to be here. (laughs) You know, it's not you write that, you know, but like that little fourth grader without even having the conversation, I didn't give her any context, period. I just said, how many of your teachers are happy? out of six. And she said two. And we went on and started talking about math. So they know, you know, regardless the type of energy that's in that school, whether it's stated or not. And so what I try to do is, you know, I assess the needs, like what it is, like really have a conversation with the principal, like what kind of school is the administrator? Do you want to walk into? What is the energy that you want to experience in the staff meeting? And I make it crystal clear that the type of self-care I teach focuses on that. And that if you make space for these trainers each month, 
if you make space for office hours, like if you make space for my availability, you will see a difference in the culture and climate of your school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking as you were talking just about the microcosm of my house mm. and I have two little kids and, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in thinking like my kids want me to say yes to them all the time and do all of the things and like, you know, not eat or drink water because I'm like making sure they get their puzzle or whatever it is. They really don't. They just want to hang out with me when I'm calm and happy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just thinking too, like how universal it is, what you're saying and in any kind of boundary situation in our friendships or, you know, in the workplace that when we protect our energy, when we take care of ourselves that, you know, we think, oh, I'm saying no or keeping myself away, but really it's like, what I am doing is, is protecting and, and creating like a much more available version of myself. Mm, yes I could talk to you all day (laughs) this has flown by I want to make sure that you tell everybody all about you like where can people find you where do you like to hang out if they want more of you where does that exist Mm. so right now I am on Facebook as intentionally Tanja that is my Facebook handle. I'm not on Instagram right now. And so if you go to my website, uh, www.teacherkeepers.com and just enter your name and email address, you know, I really have a really fun tool that I offer for free because, you know, people may be thinking, well, you know, you have a husband and two kids, I have two teenage daughters, you know, home and laundry, like I mentioned, and I have a dog, a, a Rottweiler and then I'm a coach and author and speaker. Like, how do you like really man your time, attention, and energy? Like, how do you really keep that streamlined and focused for the most part? And so a tool that I have on my website, teacherkeepers.com, if you put in your name and email address, that will be sent directly to you. And, you know, I just suggest that my podcast launched on my birthday, March 26th. So it's also on my website where you can hear more, but I would just stay really close because, you know, through my website and, you know, the communication I sent out via email, because I sent some amazing things moving forward with this, this whole self-care movement. Uh, My t-shirts that I have, they say self-care saves lives and self-care really did save my life. And it saved my life from being a phony. It saved my life from being miserable. It saved my life from having all the things that look great on the outside, but no strength emotionally and mentally, like no direction to actually step into the Tanja I am today. Self-care did that for me. So I'm going to be creating spaces to have conversations about that, you know, in the near future. So, but all that'll be sent out, you know, via email. And and so they can start there. If you want to follow me on Facebook and put your email address, like become a part of my email list, that's the best way to stay close to me right now. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much. Do you have any last thing that you want to leave us with today? Any last words of wisdom that you want to share with us? You can do anything, just not all at the same time, but whatever you do, 
make sure it brings you joy. All right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mara, for having me. You are so welcome. Thanks for listening to the Needy Podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you'd like my support in learning how to nourish your needs, dance on over to theneedypodcast.com to sign yourself up for Revive, a gorgeously free five-day course chock full of real self-care and daily tending. If you love today's episode, pretty please leave us a review on iTunes and join us next week. And as always, permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think can benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you shared it with them. Thank you.